Bill spares the music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. That's, that's the best. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I'm about to be on a sitcom in like the 90s. <laughs> we're gonna you know? we're gonna be, um, you know, it's gonna, like laugh tracks and you know the, the fake crowd and uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, you know what? Uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah, we we don't hear that stuff. Hello, welcome to USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you all so much for joining in. As usual, we're going to talk about what else tonight? USA Rugby, and more specifically. USA Rugby Sevens. To get updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and more, follow Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning here on Twitter and other social media channels. Also, do us a favor: share. I can't say words. Share this show with your friends. Uh, the more, the merrier. You know, share the love. I'm Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, and with me is my co-host John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning Fitzy. How you doing, man? Doing well, Bill. Good evening. Thanks everyone for listening. Everyone that's going to listen later, I'm excited for tonight's two conversations. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know these, these are always fun. You know, you never know how many people are going to show up. Uh, but then our podcast replays. Of course, you guys listening now. We do re, re, um, you know releases of the podcast next day or two. Uh, we get some good traction in that, so it's always nice. Uh, and you know, what I wanted to ask you real quick. You know, we're going to get to our first guest here in about a minute or two. Yeah. I'll just think about your newsletters. You know, has there been something over the past week or so that really is like, wow, I'm going to put that in the newsletter? Like, just like really caught you. Um, there's been a, there's been a couple of things. Um, one, you know, I always enjoy sharing. Um, Alex Goff's reports and he yeah. covers the scene so well. I think what struck me the most is, and, and, and someone being quote unquote new to rugby journalism, I, I didn't really quite read Rugby Magazine. Um, so yeah. I didn't really quite know the editor, Ed Haggerty. But um, reading a lot of articles about him, the guy essentially was, I guess the kids like to call it an OG these days. <laughs> he, was, he was pretty much like a one man band and, you know, put out a monthly rugby magazine. Uh, for the longest time. So kudos to, to, to Ed. You know, I wish I would have started following rugby much younger at that time. I don't think it was even on my radar. But um, reading stories and just hearing people share their thoughts about who he was and how he covered the game, men's and women's, college, high school, all that. Um, it, it was neat to be able to just kind of read a little bit about him. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, going back to when I was playing in college or whatever else, there really was just rugby magazine or matt godick's you know catalog to yeah, follow back yeah. then so they have journalists kind of pick up in the scene you know and it's getting bigger and bigger over the years you know we're doing this thing um you know we got you know pat clifton's around obviously we've got a bunch of other people doing this so it's it's a testament in the you know how this game is growing here in the united states mm-hmm. so as a matter of fact we get to the point where people are getting pissed off online because i wouldn't say pissed <laughs> off because a, a, a new sevens team is called the retrievers like why would you get mad at this but the fact that the fact that people are getting mad, it kind of says, okay, that's where the game's going. So, I mean, you know, it's it's getting popular enough where people actually have the avenues or actually care. <laughs> I love the passion. I love the fact that people are getting passionate about a Golden State Retrievers and they don't like the logo. I love the passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the other thing that caught my mind, it caught my, my eye, um, which I'm not totally surprised, Eddie Jones, Australia. That didn't surprise you at all, did it? Um. Part you know I shouldn't have been surprised by that because of the obvious links and everything's hindsight. But for some reason, part of me still felt like, um, and again, I'm, I'm happy with USA Rugby did by by bringing Scott Lawrence on as an interim tag. Hopefully, that becomes full time. But part of me still thought that Eddie might still be in play there. Just can you imagine the drama and intrigue if all of a sudden, you know, Eddie came to the, sh- the states over here? Probably was never going to happen. 
but um, I think he can be such a lightning rod. But I still think he's good for the sport. He's a, he's a great coach. He's well respected, and and you can't script it any better for him to go back to England to potentially face. I'm sorry, go back to Australia to potentially face England at quarterfinal at the Rugby World Cup 2023. Like, w- what a Hollywood way to script it, right? Okay, a ton of money too. I mean, good for him. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if USA Rugby could have paid him. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't even know if he's the right guy for the for the job here yeah. in the States. But um, yeah. I know a lot of people, and, and I guess in, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, we're going to get him on the show, Scott Lawrence. I think a lot of people really do like Scott. You know, he's got a lot of credentials. So uh, hopefully, he's the guy. Who knows? You know, or at least for the next four or five years, uh, going into the next World Cup. Uh, hey, you know, going back to the Golden State uh, Retrievers, um, uh, someone online mentioned about the, you know, how you get the, the player of the game, player of the match, that kind of deal. I love what they wrote. It's like, who's a good boy? Who's a good girl? <laughs> who's a good boy of the game? I love it. I believe that was from our good friend from the All American Rugby Podcast, a guy who who um, lives in the, I think it's the Shetland Islands in Scotland, if you can believe that. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure that was him who who wrote that. Um, who tweeted yeah, that? That's out. funny. I love that. There's there's a fan of American rugby who um, feels compelled to put a oh, podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. out. The guy from Scotland. Yeah, how awesome is that? No, that is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> let's do this real quick, uh, Fitzy. Uh, I want you to, uh, with your news list of stuff, if you have anything off the top of your head uh, that you can speak of as far as like news, major league rugby, whatever. I'm going to let you run for like two minutes here with that. And I'm going to help uh, Emily get in if we can. She's having a technical. Kind of happens with the show, you know. It's Twitter Spaces is so new for us. It, it's just one of those things. So I'm going to leave leave it up to you. Now this is this is us winging it. Now go, <laughs> <laughs> Bill. You really are winging it. So how about this? Um, I know there's been. Uh, let's look back at last year real quickly as we wait for for Bill uh, and Emily to get their tech issues figured out. The, the past two seasons, MLR always had what they called kit miss, right? And it felt like all the jerseys were released at the same time, right? So that was a lot of fun because you could compare the jerseys. You could see how they look to the other teams, any changes that were made. Some of the teams, right, like Nola Gold has, has kept theirs. Other teams like Rugby ATL probably needs an upgrade. And from what I'm hearing from sources deep within the team, it's a joke, but it sounds like there may be an update there. This year, it's been a little bit different, right? We've had a couple of teams kind of slowly leak things out, which has been fun to see because I think there are some jerseys, some teams that do those jerseys really well. I think New England classically has always had a good one. And anytime I think you can put a collar on a rugby jersey, I think that looks cool. I've always liked Toronto and how they've done things. I like how San Diego has kind of reverted back to what they had, I think, two years ago, which I thought was was pretty cool. Um but I kind of miss Kitmas. I kind of miss having all of the rugby jerseys dropped at the same time so we mm. can do the jersey rankings. That was always my the most fun I enjoyed because people get really heated about where you rank their club's jersey, particularly if you put them down at the bottom. My goodness, I got some nasty messages yeah. from people. <laughs> it was it you that posted that one of your questions on the newsletter was, you know, are you happy with every year having new jerseys or should it be more like NFL and Major League Baseball what's the same jerseys about you? I did ask that question because, and some people have pointed this out. Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, if there's one jersey that looks really good, keep that continuity, right? Like if the jersey looks yeah. good, don't mess with it. Keep it going. Let fans know to expect it. I get the thrill of new things. You know, I kind of go back and forth on whether or not they should change jerseys each year or they should try and keep something, particularly if it if it's not broken. Like, why? Why fix it? I like the con- consistency of jerseys. Maybe have an, an, a new alternate jersey yes. every year and then, like, four years later, have a whole new kit. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, this is a new league. And I know 
kits probably aren't you know they probably get kit sponsorships whatever else but i don't mind if a team saves a little money by not creating new jerseys all the time <laughs> you know reuse the number 15 because how often does the fullback get in the mix anyway <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> again going back to having more and more conversations about the game in the united states you know we're there you know we're, we can talk about referees we can talk about mm-hmm. uniforms you know we can talk about all this stuff uh um so and then also you know that, that came up a while back you know should we you know should we have names in the back of the jerseys yes. should premiership top 14 whatever else do the same thing you know i like it i like the names in the back because we don't know half the players 100 percent. look I, I i could we could do a whole show about um what rugby can do differently particularly mlr you know, the American eyes version of the sport. And I'm 100% behind the fact that um, there should be names on the back of the jerseys in MLR for a variety of reasons. One, just from a fan perspective, right? Like American sports fans are accustomed to and used to purchasing the jerseys of their favorite players, right? Like that, make that happen in rugby, you know? Um, And two, since it's a growing sport here and someone stumbles across it, goes to the game for the first time, might be like, oh, I like number 10 but who is this person yeah <laughs> uh, i don't know the person's name i gotta look you know in the game day guide like additional revenue stream for the teams and for the players if you can pay out the players which you should with royalties so in my mind yes there should be jerseys on the on the back of it and i'll die on that hill uh that's you know yeah i know it uh hey by the way i got a message from um emily bidewell um, she will be joining us in a second. She's having to reload Twitter on her phone. Maybe it's a whole Southern Hemisphere you know, I thing. Think but, I think uh, New Zealand's got really crappy internet service. That's probably why. Really? The rugby programs may be better than ours, but our internet <laughs> speed is so much faster than New Zealand. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking about names again, you know, we don't have to go crazy like the XFL did. You know, we don't need, yeah. you know, he hate me on the back of it or whatever, nah, you know. It's, nah, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just names, even yeah. just last names. I mean, I, I, we don't, yeah. It's, it's only a few of the players really um are well known where you don't need names on that you know um especially in the rugby community but we're talking about for the people who are not their big big rugby fans those are the ones we need to you know get more in the game by by building characters and will hooley said it best remember that he he said he got he got pretty uh slagged on about his comment about americanizing rugby um which i don't think he meant around the world he definitely meant here and it's um and i i i think it totally made sense and that part of that was uh, uh, you know, picking out the characters of the players and yeah. putting them on billboards, putting yeah. them on jerseys. Yes. You know, these guys got personalities. We got to The NBA did such a great job years ago. They marketed the players. They, they like in in football, right? The helmets on, you can't quite see the face. And in this sport, the yeah. helmets are off. You can see the men and women who are playing this sport. Market their personalities. Let them loosen up a little bit. Let them have a little fun. People follow people they like. They don't want yeah, exactly robots out there. No, no, no. They have stiff robots here hosting this show. (laughs) (laughs) Stiff robots here. All right, all right. No more stiff robot talk. Let's move on. Um, Wicked pumped. Later in the show, everybody, we will be joined by USA Men's Falcon 7's head coach, Ben Pinkelman. But first, um, uh, as we say in the Northeast, I'm wicked excited to talk to her. Joining us from Hamilton, New Zealand, is USA Women's 7's head coach, Emily Bidewell. Emily, thank you so much for finally joining us. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I didn't realize that I actually needed to have Twitter downloaded on my phone. 
So yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I've deleted all social media from my phone. So uh, you know what? We apologize for that. I think we're I think <laughs> we're going to send you down that rabbit hole again. We're, our bad. <laughs> no, that's okay. You can immediately I, delete Twitter when you're done with this. <laughs> I, yes, yes, I will be immediately deleting it after this. But that's okay. <laughs> I, I'm really sorry uh, for being late because of that. I should. Uh, no, you, you know what? Um, it's it's a it's a thing. Where everyone's really new to this whole thing, especially Twitter Spaces specifically. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you're not the first person to have issues. Basically, um, I'll get a message like from you, like you did a moment ago, and I'll tell Fitzy, "Okay, buddy, run with something. I don't care what you talk about. I got to deal with this." <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I appreciate you being patient. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, since we got you now, um, how are you? Um, how's New Zealand doing? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, um, we only got here Tuesday morning, so we flew out of San Diego. Oh, okay. Well, Sunday night, um, so lost a day in the travel, um, but arrived Tuesday morning, um, just kind of had a light uh, recovery day um, on Tuesday, and then had a pretty full-on day yesterday, um, but then the players are off um, today, um, and then nice. just, you know, a short training tomorrow morning, and then we're into it, so pretty excited to be back so quickly well, uh, on the World Series. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so during the Rugby World Cup last year, uh, the team found... This and I keep on mentioning this because I can't believe this. Uh, the team found an amazing meat pie meat pie place. Have you found yeah. your meat pie place? <laughs> not yet. We have not found it yet. I mean, the players went to Raglan, like they went to the beach today. Oh, um, yeah. So I'm sure that they, I'm sure that they found some. Um, but I did find a good coffee shop, like pretty close to mm. us. Uh, so walked there today, and uh, also, you know, found somewhere to get some, uh, you know some chips and stuff <laughs> but okay. I, haven't, I haven't found a meat play meat pie place yet New meat pie place yet yeah. uh, it, it's a great story uh, anyway uh all right so let's it's talk really about good, yeah 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 so let's talk about why you're down there uh, obviously the um seven stop in hamilton uh let's mm-hmm. talk about your pool as well you're in a pool with spain ireland and brazil ireland has emerged as a, a tough opponent i mean they all are uh and has but they played you guys really tough so far this season, at least the last two stops. So Spain and Brazil uh, lower down the table, um, but one slip up from you guys and you're not going to win the pool. I know that winning the pool isn't always the most important thing, but how do you approach the pool play this weekend? Yeah, it's a really good question. Like we, um, you know, I, I've talked to a few coaches this week already and, and they asked like what our pool is and, you know, everyone says, oh, it's, you know, it's a really good pool for you guys. And I think um, the thing that for us, um, that's really important is we actually just have to make sure that we're going game by game. Um, you know, we've gotten into some trouble like um, in the past with just, um, you know, so like even just like looking past anybody or not necessarily, you know, putting the level of detail that we need to in, in you know, the, the first and second pool game. Um, and so like we've put loads of, you know, emphasis in our process around, um, especially like Spain. Mm-hmm. We spent 30 minutes yesterday just reviewing them and making mm-hmm. sure that we were really clear on what to expect from them because it's just all about how we like start off you know, in the, in the foot that we start off on and, and being, um, you know, really clinical around what we do and not overlooking anybody because really like, you know, Spain, I mean, they beat Fiji and Dubai, um, they beat GB, um, Mm -hmm. they played, um, you know, they've played teams really well and Brazil, you know, they had a better tournament in Cape town than they had in, in Dubai, but they, um, you know, they were in a really good position as well for, um, for those, for that second tournament. So, for us, it's really just kind of that brick by brick mindset 
Um, and because mm-hmm. um, the thing too that happens with us sometimes, especially when we're you know performing well, is we get caught a little bit in the, like the oh we should perform this way against you know a team that may be lower down on the table, or mm-hmm. we should you know score as many points on them as Australia does or New Zealand does, you know things like that, and and really like that type of thinking we've found really traps us and um, mm-hmm. puts us in a position where we then are you know. Even if we do win, we're disappointed with how that we didn't win the way we wanted to and things like that. So, um, just being um, really hyper focused on you know those those right. first two games and getting getting it right, and then moving on to Ireland, who, like you said, has really like become so dominant um, in the last year. Um, and you know they've got you know life, they've got great players, they've got um, they're well coached, um, and so making sure that we're in a position to to build into that game. Emily, so so after two stops, so Dubai and Cape Town, currently third uh, in the standings. What have you learned from those two stops that will help you get past um, Australia and New Zealand in the standings? Um, that's a really good question. I think, like you know, for us, the, the kind of like the review coming back after the little Christmas break was, um, you know, we we know that like the teams that are underneath us are, are coming for us. You know, they're the, we're the team that they, that you know they feel like they're closer to then you know maybe australia and new zealand so teams like like france and ireland and um fiji you know they're coming for us so we need to be like prepared for that but then at the same time like you said we want to be closing the gap um uh towards you know every time we play you know either australia or new zealand we want to be getting closer um you know to where you know we're in a position to to be on the other side of it with those teams i mean i think um like our biggest learning from those games are actually like uh, from a defensive standpoint um there's there's things that, um, you know, against Australia, like we've we've played them more, you know, so we um, we know like what our, we're pretty clear on what our plan is. It's just like the discipline around the execution of that plan with them because they're so ruthless, like on turnover possession, like quick or uh, uh, quick tap penalties and stuff. They're um, they are really ruthless. So we have to. Um, but it was interesting, like because we played them in Dubai and um, conceded like far too many penalties and, and, you know, three quarters of their tries were off quick cap penalty opportunities. Um, So we went into the second weekend against them um, uh, and we only conceded one penalty, um, but our decision-making, especially like in our red zone, like inside our 22 wasn't where it needed to be. So we can't just have like, yeah, we need to reduce our penalties, but we also have to like be Mm -hmm. better in terms of our tactical decision-making. So that's really like, um, you know, kind of working through that against that team. Um, whereas New Zealand, um, we haven't played them as much and they're very difficult to replicate in training. So when we came back from that, like using the opportunity to see the way that they um, were exploiting us um, on our defense and, and their attack, and then trying to get, like we're lucky enough to have Zach Test uh, as our assistant coach mm. who um, trains on the like opposition side from us all the time. And Ben Piltingman, actually, who's going to be, you should ask him about his dream team. We got, we call them the dream team when, when we get the, the boys together to play against us. So actually <laughs> asking those guys, uh, Zach, Ben, uh, we get Alex Ross, who's our physical performance um, lead, and then uh, uh, Josh Schnell, who's the SNC coach for the men's sevens, and a few other. Mike jumps in there sometimes, and Phil. Uh, we get them to 
to train against us. So then we get to ask them to do, you know, things that, that we see. And, and we focused on, you know, the, t- the, the tempo and the, mis- uh, the change of direction and the things that New Zealand does, because there are really some things that we need to shore up, like in kind of in our next evolution of what our defense looks like in order to be able to be effective against those teams. So, cause we know like from what our, like what we do on attack and like the, the, the players that we have, um, you know, the plan that we have on attack, like we feel confident that we can, you know, if, uh, execute against that and put, you know, and do what we need to do to, to put some mm-hmm. tries on the board, but we just really have to be able to contain um, uh, their, what they do on attack, which is so dangerous. So, um, so that was kind of really what we focused on. Um, from, uh, mm-hmm. You know, that we only had 10 training days before we left um, in San wow. Diego. Um, so it wasn't loads of time, but, um, for us, it's like, well, we have the same, we just saying, but be 5% better, you know, and that's what we're pretty like just making those incremental improvements. Um, you know, we don't necessarily need to beat those teams every time we play them right away. We know it's going to be a process. So it's just about making sure that we're clear on like what that process is and making those improvements every time we play them. Uh, listeners real quick, if you'd like to come up and ask a question, we have, um, Emily for about another 10 minutes or so it might push you a couple minutes if you don't mind and if you gotta run you just let us know but oh uh, no i don't mind i I feel bad that i was late (laughs) (laughs) no worries uh but seriously if you want to come up and ask a question please do so by requesting on the left the bottom left of your app it has to be on a phone in order to ask questions or you can dm us on twitter instagram we can ask it for you uh come on up we'd love to have you guys ask questions too uh so emily let's let's talk about i think dream team let's talk about your players um, the younger players right now, specifically, you know, Alex, Jazz, and now Sammy Sullivan. I mean, she has five tries and two stops so far. Immediate impact. You know, they've really made their mark on the team. What's been the key for for their individual success, successes, and also uh, for them contributing to the team success? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think um, you know we're really happy with you know the blend that we've got right now in terms of like. Um, you know di- the the variety and the range and the you know we've we're um you know we feel like we're we've got a pretty like good package in terms of like our full kind of thirteen players that we've got um that are on the squad right now um I think Sammy you know Sammy only came to us in June mm-hmm. she was um uh she had we've I mean I've known Sammy for since she was a freshman at West Point. Like, so we've yeah. known for a while that like, it's been a long-term kind of project to get her in our program. But for her, it was about being really smart with her in terms of like what she wants to do with her, her military career and not, um, you know, like we, we, we did have an opportunity to bring her in before the Paris games, but she also had an opportunity to go lead a platoon and do some of the leadership stuff she wanted to do in the army. So with her, it's really just a bit about um, kind of like being patient um, uh, making a plan that works with her life and with what her career goals are. And then it just, you know, when she came in, it was just like the perfect time, like mm-hmm. to have, to get her in, in June. Cause we really saw like the, we had preseason, our first part of our preseason really for this season was the lead into the world cup. And I know that that sounds a little weird cause it's a world cup and you should be kind of, but we just had <laughs> to, you know, really prioritize the qualification for the Olympics. Um, and so the fact that she was able to be with the team that whole time and be really, you know, um, and build like not only the physical, um, uh, the physical, uh, sk- like, uh, conditioning and everything that she needed but also like the technical skill development that we did over the summer was it was very targeted towards really that technical skill areas and then for her to get some exposure but not like overload her at the world cup but then 
use that as like a springboard into the season it was really just mm-hmm. kind of it's been a long plan with her and it's just so great that like the second she stepped on the field against Canada and the first you know she scored a try within a minute it was awesome so we're just really happy for her I think um she's going to be a player for us for a long yeah. time on this team now you know uh looking towards Paris but also looking towards LA um and and being kind of a senior leader as we we roll into that that quad too so um pretty happy for her and then i think jazz is a different story right like jazz has been grinding at the training center for since i think it was since 20 beginning of 2019 so she's been working and working and working and just Hmm. not quite cracking in um to the team um and so you know like last year um was really not with you know some you know some different some different changes and stuff like it was an opportunity for her to to, to come onto the series. And I think with her, like what we really try to prioritize is like, we don't want her to be like Naya. She's not Naya, right? She has a totally different um, skill set to, mm-hmm. to Naya, like the way that she moves, the way that she um, wins one-on-ones, the way that she creates, you know, opportunities for our team. Like they're very different players. And so we use them in different ways. And I think it's about her finding like, her the way that she's going to do things and the way that she's going to own that role um and so it's been really great like having her work like one-on-one with zach because as we know like zach Mm -hmm. is obviously a really dynamic and and, um effective player on the world series for a long time so he's got kind of that um so to be able to help get him to help her find how she's going to do things is, is has been really cool to watch and, and see that emerge. And I think the yeah. cool thing about Jazz is she's a little bit older and she really understands like how we want to be culturally as a team. Um, and so um, she's really taken on that role of being kind of we call her like our chief connection officer. She drives <laughs> a lot of our like off off uh, off field connection, which as we all know translates um, so um so directly onto the field and then i think yeah. alex cedric yeah. is um she's she's younger and she, for her it's really just about i mean she's a full package um spiff you know she's technically like really excellent um in the contact area tackle um she's one of our fastest players on the team um she can pass she can step she's she's really like a uh, she's really like she can kick she's gonna be like another long-term um player for us i think with her it's just about building her, her confidence and her understanding because she's more in that like playmaking role um 10 center um and it's about those those exposures um where she can um like trying to get just just drip in exposures at, at, in kind of higher mm-hmm. pressure situations and and again encouraging her to like express herself like when when she plays center we're not asking her to play center like low right we want her to play center like spiff same with when she plays 10 she's not going to play 10 <laughs> like lauren or kayla she's going to play 10 like spiff so it's about helping her find like what that um identity is as a player right right so let's go to our first listener here hey Corey from uh beer 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 great name yeah hi hey, how's it going Sorry, I had to press the button. Uh, so, quick question. Um, so, on last week's call, um, the uh, interim coach of the women's 15s team was on, and he mentioned about um, wanting to work with you on having availability of some of your players. Uh, my question is, during the last World Cup for 15s, it definitely seemed like some of your players would have um, helped the team a good amount, especially on the speed side. Um, so, a, did you do you know of players who wish they would have been involved? And B, how do you feel about um, sharing some of your players? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, um, like there, 
um, you know, I do think like there are players that, you know, because I think that one of the things that's like not entirely true, that's a little bit of a narrative that's come out is that like Rob and I didn't like work together or didn't communicate. And that's absolutely like not the case. Like actually like, well, in my previous role, like was working with Rob, you know, very closely to, to, to make sure that we could have as integrated of a program as possible. I think that um, the, the challenging part about leading into the world cup was um, well, one, the world cup being moved. Um, like none of us really expected that that was going to happen. And well, the Olympics being moved and the world cup being moved and it just ended up, or sorry, the 15s World Cup being moved. So none of us really knew that that was going to happen, and that ended up happening and and putting the two events like really close together. And then I think for for um, me, like there was windows that we could release them absolutely, and but then on Rob's side, there was windows that he needed them, and those two things just didn't really overlap in a way that that was going to work for either of us. And I think that that is really challenging, but from a coach's perspective, like you know, like he has his goals around what he was trying to do with his team. Um, and then obviously we had like our lead into the, to the four cup. So it was just like a really unfortunate, um, timing, um, thing. So I think with, um, players, did they want to go? Did they want to be there? I think that, that yes. I mean, I think every, all players want to be able to compete at the highest level and, and be able to have those opportunities. Um, did they understand? I think they did to an extent. Um, but I do think that we owe it to them, especially that kind of group of players that I have. They're kind of like working in their late twenties now, um, leading into Paris to, mm-hmm. to try to work together so that they do have as many opportunities as they can because their careers aren't going to last forever. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like things are, some things are going to work and some things aren't. Um, but I think it's, we owe it to the players to be having the conversations and that's what Rich and I are doing now. Um, and then just, I guess that kind of answers your second question, which is, will I make, um, uh, you know, I don't really consider them like my players necessarily, like, oh, I make <laughs> you know, the contracted sevens players available. And I think the, the answer to that is yes, it's just going to be like, we just have to be really diligent with our planning and like periodization with them. Um, and like, I think for the 15s coach, it's always just like a cost benefit analysis on, they know they're going to have these players less. doesn't mean they're not going to get them, but they know they're going to have them less. So does having them less m- like just having them but for less time is that still more valuable than having another player that you can have all the time and that's what the 15s players have to to decide because they're never going to get the sevens players all the time mm-hmm. right so i think that's um and that's ultimately their decision to make like i can't you know make that for them nobody can make that for them i think it's just based on what their philosophy is so um but i'm excited to i mean like the 15s event that they've got coming up in march like coincides exactly with hong kong and obviously we're in a really high pressure situation right now with Olympic qualification. So um, while we are, there's certain like players that we're not going to release. We're already talking about some of the players that, mm-hmm. um, you know, may, may not be in Hong Kong, but actually do fit really well into what he's, he's doing. So um, I think for me, it's just challenging. Cause like we've got a really competitive group right now in terms of making the team. And we've got this younger group of players that are really starting to push this group that I've got now that have kind of like are, are um, kind of consistent um, people. So what I don't want to do like as, which is tough is like, say, Oh, Rich, like you can have this player. She hasn't made a stop this year, but really 
she's pushing so hard that that might be the stop she actually makes. So that's just something that we have to like um, balance and figure out because the competition on our ends is getting so much um, more. But I think the longer out that we can plan and the better we can like integrate our planning, um, the more you'll Mm. see that crossover. Emily, uh, just a couple more questions for you and then we're going to get on to our next guest. But um, speaking of stealing players, um, Rob Kane stole a Lev. I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I heard something about her possibly being back in camp now do we expect to see her again soon yeah yeah she's back uh, december 30th was her first day back with us um she's been great uh, it's been really nice to have her back um you know i think it was always a plan like that she would go and mm-hmm. play in the uk like what leading into the olympics so it's been awesome to have her back um she's you know she's working hard she knows what she needs to do um and um yeah we're just you know w- want to make sure that she's you know she's feeling like really good when she comes um, back on the series and, and is ready to go. And, and right. I think like it's, you know, our responsibility and hers to make, to, to put her in the best position to do that. So um, no, it's been really, it's been really nice having her back. Good. Emily, speaking of players that are coming back, co-captain Lauren, Lauren Doyle, she's back from injury this weekend. One of your more experienced players, 34 appearances right there with, with Chris Thomas. Talk about what it means to have her back in the mix. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really like Lauren is a, you know, she's a uh, terrific player, right? She's been doing this for a long time. And I think she just brings so much experience and, um, you know, like tactical um, uh, astuteness um, to what we're doing, you know, in terms of how she makes decisions. And I think like the thing with Lauren, too, is she's... um, you know, she, she can link and she can distribute, but she's also like a really um, dynamic running threat. So I think that that um, brings another la- layer um, in it, to what we do. And I think, um, but the biggest thing with Lauren that I think some people don't see all the time is uh, she's, she's just, she's a really good leader and she's a really, um, she really understands the culture that we want to have on our team and how um like really emphasizes this you know this like the the importance of role players and the importance of um everybody contributing to to what we're doing regardless of minutes and things like that so i think um she brings just a like a level of um kind of maturity in that area that i think is infectious and um and you know she's yeah we're just really happy to have her and um excited to be able to you know watch her do her thing this weekend so last question uh it's a big one uh, Naya and Alana, have you ever heard them argue or brag about how many followers they have on social media? <laughs> no, I've definitely heard them argue. <laughs> not, not about that, though. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I think um, – no, I haven't heard them argue about that. Um, but I will say that, like, it's really been awesome to see their partnership evolve, you know, even in the last, like, uh, month you know, in terms of that center wing pairing. And I think that like, from our standpoint, like we feel like as their partnership evolves and they um, like learn each to work together and how to use each other, um, that they'll be the most dynamic um, and threatening center wing partnership in the world. So um, I think just look out for that because they're just getting started those two together. So I'm excited for them. Nice. Okay, wait, don't go anywhere yet. Uh, What I want to do here is something we haven't done before. Um, our second guest is here, um, and you mentioned something I want to ask him about. Um, USA, <laughs> former USA 7 star and current USA Falcon 7's head coach, um, Ben Pinkelman. Ben, how are I'm you? good. How are you? Good, man. You sound good. You got on fine? Yeah, no worries. All right. You got one up on Emily. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's no horse bar ben, here. it was painful. No, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
No worries. So um, Emily mentioned a dream team that you can bring up against the women's teams. Um, I believe was that in training, Emily? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so talk about said dream team. What would that um, be? Dream team is my whole reason for existing. Still, actually, <laughs> it's, it's my favorite part of every single week that we get to do it. <laughs> Until Emily gets mad and yells at me because I didn't go to the right spot or I didn't go down fast. And or you kicked it. Or I kicked it. I get, oh, I no. get really scared. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, that works for us. All right. Uh, real quick. Emily, uh, bye. Well, good luck this weekend. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, cool. Thanks so much for having me. Apologies again about being late. And uh, um, hi, Ben. We'll see you hi, later. Adam. Good luck. <laughs> bye, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Emily. Bye now. Hey fans, thank you for tuning in to this replay of Twitter Spaces USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. That was just the first half of the show. Be sure to check out the second half as well and previous shows here on the USA Rugby Happy Hour Live podcast on your favorite podcast player. Now, go check out the other shows.